beautiful. Great, is, great are you, Lord. Isn't that beautiful? Powerful to remember. Uh, the message today, uh, and um, thank you for um, being glut, glutton for punishment to let me come twice in a row. I, I, I'm so glad to be here with you. Love it. And nice to see all of you. The title today is At the Table of God's Presence, When God Steps Back in Order to Step In. When God Steps Back in Order to Step In. I was thinking about when I was a, a teenager, around 16, I worked for my dad. Uh, and he had a boat building business, boat repair, and it was right along the San Joaquin River, which is a big river through California, if you know that part of Northern California. And we're in the harbor and, uh, and you know, did a lot of work. And, and he had to get the skiff, which is like, a, you know, a 10, 12 foot long boat, simple boat that was used kind of as a work boat. And it had the Outmore motor on the back and had to, and a gas tank in there and had to be taken from out of our harbor over to the next harbor over. It wasn't that far. And he was talking about it. He said, I'll do it. I'll do it. And he said, well, I'll do it. I got it. I got it. Dad, don't worry. I got it. I got it. And he said, all right. And he didn't say much more than that. He kind of stepped back. And so I got in the boat, skiff. I fired it up. You know you you know how you pull and get the gas going. And I'm going putt-putting out of the harbor. And I get out in the river. And it happened to be a really windy day. And that area could be really windy. And the waves come even over the river. It can kind of get very strong. And I'm coming out along there, a little giving some distance from the shore because it's all rocks and really kind of perilous, pretty dangerous. I'm going along and all of a sudden the engine and dies out there. And, and the waves are starting to push and the wind. And so I get back and I'm frantically pulling and pulling. I'm looking what, you know, I'm kicking the engine, everything I can think of, you know, and I'm pulling and, and I'm sweating and, and I can just feel the, the skiff. We're moving closer and closer to shore to the big, these rocks right there. And, and, and I, I don't know what to do. I, it's just not start. And I look. And then I just happen to look up on the levee there up above, sort of a cliff there. And there's my dad. And he's looking at me. And, uh, and, uh, and I, he's yelling something over the wind and all that. The wind's going against him. And all I heard was, last chance. Uh, and I thought, last chance? Well, I know that already. I was. Uh, and, uh, and what he was saying was, check the gas. I finally heard him, check the gas. And so I feel, pick up the tank. The tank's good. Then I remember there's a hose that runs, you know, from the gas tank to the engine. Uh, that's how the gas gets into the engine, huh? Pretty miraculous now. <laughs> but there's a little bulb on there. And that bulb, what it does is build up pressure and so builds the flow of the gas into the engine. And it can go. There's some in there already. So it went for a while. But without that having been kind of stirred and stimulated and get the things moving, the gas finally ran out. What was in the engine and in the line there? And so I pumped it, I'm pumping it and going, and then, right, and sure enough, the engine fires up, and I get around, and I get to the other harbor, and well, I'm, I'm saying that in this light of this message, it just came to me, uh, as I'm sitting there, actually, this story, but it fits with this in that, you know, for my dad, uh, you know, I, there he was, you know, but he stepped back in order for me to come to myself, try, give my best, and when I came to what my own, you know, limits, he was there to step in when I was ready. Because before that, I'd, I got it. No worry, Dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, no, I can handle this. And, and, uh, and that's how we get many times. And in this passages we're looking at, kind of difficult, kind of challenging. But here's the thing where God actually says, as I'll read right here uh, from Ezekiel chapter 10. And I had to look at this and say, oh, my God, what are we going to say about this last minute on this passage? But this was really, actually, really good. But it actually is really uh, meaningful as I reflected more on that's how God's word is. It comes to us and gives insight. And, and so it says, then, 
the people were being pretty obnoxious, pretty kind of like a mini. I was a mini them in a way. I got it. Don't worry. We'll do our own thing our own way. And it was it was pretty treacherous and a lot of painful things being done to people and and even in the name of God and stuff. And so it says that God it says then the glory of the Lord departed over the threshold of the temple and stopped above the cherubim. God pulled away. God stepped back. And 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 really inside me that sort of it seems so anti-intuitive. I always think of God always being there. But there are times and, and sessions of our lives that God will step back. Now, I just want to talk about that a little bit. In, in, in some ways, and many of you, if you've been through the trauma of being abandoned and rejected by family or friends or people, this seems like, this seems like holy terror that this could, God could do that to us. But the difference, abandonment is sort of like turning your back on somebody rejecting and cutting them off. With God, when he steps back, it's really a, a, a moment and an opportunity and some space uh, for discovery and for recovery. That's God's purpose. When he steps back enough for us to come to ourselves, to see, and to step back and see, this is how, where you really are. Is this really where you want to be? You want to be so sure of yourself that you wouldn't listen to pots. And these are things dad, my dad would have told me, you know, be sure you check the guest line. Not, I got it. Don't worry, dad. But I, and I had to come to myself. And then many times, and that's what God does with this, is that when God pulls back, he's not abandoning us. He's not rejecting us even. It's a loving kind of distance in order for us to discover who we really are, where we are, and to recover. And, and it goes on because as we look at this, this uh, Ezekiel, in Ezekiel 11, there's a similar passage. But I went to 36 because it adds a little bit more. There's like layers where it gets better and better. And this is God's heart. So he says, he stepped away. He removed his presence for a bit in order, in order to step in and do a powerful thing. So look what he says in Ezekiel chapter 36. Similar to chapter, right after this, uh, chapter 11. But anyway, anyways, and this has always, this hit me, and this has always moved me very powerfully, this whole, uh, this whole, anyway, these, these passages and this pornography, this, this time of how God works with us when we're being really kind of a little snit. You know, uh, that's, that's not a bad word, is it? Snit? I, I said snit, S-N-I-T. I, I wasn't cussing. I, I use that all the time. Is that a bad word? That's not a bad word, is it? It's not a cuss word, right? No. Who, who knows? Who knows what it is? What? Well, anyway, I, I don't think it is. I, I said some bad words before, but this one I, I think is okay. It just means being a little obnoxious, you know, kind of uh, stubborn, hardhead. And and do any of you get like that? Ever? Huh? Who 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 in this room you know is like that? You want to point fingers? Uh, see over here, some finger pointing. Uh, just kidding. And, and so listen what, how God deals with people and with, with truth and kindness. There's truth, but also for life to recover. So he says, I will show the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned against the nations. Talking about, he's talking about you profaned my name by the way you've lived, the way you've done things in my name even, but you profaned my name. But I will show my holiness and greatness to the nations, <clears throat> the name you have profaned among them. In other words, how you've been in this world I'm going to show my holiness and greatness. And this is, this is amazing about God, I think. And then the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the sovereign Lord, when I am proved holy through you before their eyes. He says, in other words, in your being a, um, I suppose there's a better word, whatever, being a little Dale or whatever you want to say, being that kind of a, uh, being that, I'm going to prove my greatness 
through you and how I treat you. And, and you think, and, and so many are stuck on this whole thing, Old Testament or other places, and even in this, this season, we think God takes some kind of delight in smashing people, destroying people, rejecting people, getting rid of people, sending people off to hell. And he says, I'm going to show my goodness. How? By how I treat you. And then that will be what will be spoke to the people around who've heard you being really these, these profane people. And the way you treated people, the way you treated each other, and the way you just treated me, really. And so here he says this. He says, I'm, I'm going to work in you. Now, what's he going to do? It could be, right here, it could be, I'm going to go and destroy you so people know, look how great, how powerful this God is. He's not going to put up with this, this uh, I was going to say, you know, bad stuff. I was going to say crap, but I, I said, well, that's probably not a good word. Anyway, sorry. I just said it, didn't I? He said, so, Sorry. So, so I will take you out of the nations. I will gather, I'll take you out, I'll pull you aside, and I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. You were dispersed, I'm bringing you back. And now I can destroy you. No, look at what he said, verse 25. I will sprinkle, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will wash you. I will forgive you. I will clean you up. I will kind of purify you if you want. <clears throat> And then I will cleanse you from all of your impurities and from all your idols. I will do that for you. I step back in order to step in. And then I love this part. Uh, above all, he says, and I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh, a heart that can feel, that can respond, that can be humble and open and receive. And where you're stuck, instead of, pounding on with condemnation and judgment only. Yeah, you know, there's clarity, there's truth there, but he said, I will help you. I will show you a way. I will change you. I will come in and, and change your heart. Because for God, it's always about the heart. Because out of the heart comes the ways of our lives widest into the world. And so there it is. He's, he said, I'll show these people what I can be and what I can do by grace and by compassion, by changing people's hearts. And you, and you will be, you, as you are changed deeper in your heart, you'll have a greater impact in this world. And that's how God chooses to do things. I, I think that's amazing. Don't you think that's kind of amazing? Powerful. And, and I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be, and be careful to keep my laws. So he went from pulling back in order to move in in a more powerful, profound way. And sometimes we need that space in order to come to ourselves to be more open for God to work and change in our lives. We all have stones, of, uh, sorry, hearts that are kind of partly a little bit stonish, a little hard and nuts and kind of stuck in some ways or other. I, I would say I, I certainly do. Uh, and, and we're on a process. And the process is that we're in God's hands. And sometimes he says, you know, let's get, you're getting a little harder and harder. So I'm going to step back a little bit. Are you ready for me to move in and help replace that, move that stone, that thing, areas in your thoughts, your mind, your spirit, that emptiness, complacency from being that, from being angry, from being uh, critic, overly critical, cynical, judgmental, to being lost and complacent, all of that. That's, that's our hearts kind of hardening. And he says, I'll, I'll help you. Put my spirit in you. I want to change you. I want to help you. So uh, to me, when there's times when I'm aware of the absence of God's presence, I know, oh, listen to this. I struggle with it, struggle with it, and I, and I, I kind of seek, and, and, and I realize God's pulled back a little and helping me come to myself in order to 
have an opportunity to step in more powerful ways. Does that make sense? We, okay, I, I still got a few minutes. I got some time. Yumiko's right here. When she gives one, that means I got 15 minutes, and two means you're doing excellent. Keep going. Oh, wait, wait, what? No, that's time to, that's time to go. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> oh, my God. So when God steps back and says, number one on your notes, will be, I come to see the limits of myself. I, I've kind of talked about when God steps back, the purpose for it isn't judgment or abandonment. It's really to help us see ourselves and the limits of our own ways. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and we've got to, you know, and, and really if we're going to grow and, and, and develop and become closer to God and live in a life that we're meant for, we have to come to the sense of our limits, our own limits, our own capacity. I don't know if you saw this is really sad in the midst of so much tragedy around the world. Uh, but, you know, th this is a tragedy too. Matthew Perry, who was Chandler on The Friends. Anybody watch The Friends? You know, yeah, um, that TV show. Anyway, uh, uh, I, we loved it. Our boys grew up with that and we'd pause it commercial or afterward and use what they were doing in there that week's episode to tell them, what was, this, what was the challenges here? What do you think? Why did that happen? And what would be another way of looking at it? So we, we loved that. Well, he died last week, October 28th, as you know, and they're still sorting through. But I, I was reading some of his, um, his book. He wrote a book about his life. And, you know, he said at one point early on in his life, he said, God, uh, he asked God to make him famous. And now after in season and life through brokenness and change, he realized that was really dumb, immature request of God. And it really got to him when he came to himself, because, you know, as, as you probably know, he got into a life uh, and, and got to a place where uh, addicted to, uh, you know, some drugs, epio, uh, what do you call, um, epio, what do you call those one? Yeah, thank you. Gosh, opioids uh, and, and, and drinking. And so bad, it got so bad that his innards exploded on the set and he was laid up. He was in a coma for a few weeks and had to go through repair and eventually had to come to himself. But he said, you know, he didn't go in, and he, by then he was famous and stuff, and he had all that, but it, his life was pretty miserable. And, it, and, and I was really moved, because in this thing he said, you know, he kind of had some church background and stuff, but finally at this point, his prayer was one word that changed his life. And that one word was help. I need help. And he opened himself, he came to himself, he knew that the distance, had God, had, had just felt God's distance and stepped back, and a lot by his own, his own choice and stuff in his own way. And, and, and he said in that moment, he had this powerful moment of all of a sudden he knew God was present with him. God loved him. He was right there. And he said that changed his life. And, and it gave, set him on a path of recovery through sobriety and also working through that. It wasn't perfect, but he knew from that point on God was with him, had stepped in in his moment of simply asking help. Help me. I'm lost. I've come to the end of my own capacity. It was a beautiful, powerful story. And he had to come to his limits in order to find unlimited love, love, the unlimitless love of God, who never gives up. So when God steps back, he's not abandoning us. It's just some, some loving distance in order for us, because he cares so much for us that he will not coddle or encourage unhealthiness. He won't just keep saying, yeah, keep going, even though this isn't good for you. He won't do that. He doesn't, he's not, his judgment isn't so much, and so you're just completely wrong. He says, just stepping back long enough for us to come to ourselves to see, I really need God, I need you. And that's, that's the hard part right there. 
And sometimes after a while, we sort of sort of domesticated our lives enough to look pretty Christian-like and do, and we love God, we do that stuff. But you know there's something more. There's a distance, there's an emptiness there. And God is stepping back enough, hoping that we come to the limits of our experience of life and give in order to really open up and allow God to work in our lives, fresh and new ways. So I just have a question here. What change of heart and way may God be asking me to face? You know, when I use a me and I, it's not, uh, I, I get a lot, honestly, I get a lot out of uh, these messages myself personally. And I, I use me and I, uh, so I'm reminding myself to make this personal bow in my own life. But I also say it, so as you read it, hopefully it invites you to take this to heart and reflect on this. That's, that's why I have that, in case you're wondering. So take a moment, because of time, I'll, I'm, I'm going to give you that moment, leave that with you. Okay, we got 15 minutes. You're not just saying good message, you're saying 15 minutes. Both? Just, oh my God, she's so hard here. <laughs> you're good, thank you. Uh, okay, so uh, number two, let's go on. Uh, uh, when God steps back in order to step in, when God steps in, when God does step in, I can welcome and embrace his change in me. When I've come to the point of recognizing my limits, I'm ready to be welcoming of what God wants to do and change in me. I know I need it. I know I got to move past this. Some just keep praying in the same way and asking God to change the circumstances or even maybe themselves some, but just keep praying the same way. And if you're praying the same way and you're kind of at the same results and the same distance, then maybe the question is, God, what are you doing? I, I, I don't have control, and my prayers are sometimes can almost be like a means of control, telling God what to do instead of listening to what God wants to do and welcoming whatever you want. And I've been learning a lot since Bev passed about surrender to God and to God's care. There's one thing about surrendering, and sometimes it's almost like a surrender of will, which it is partly. But the beautiful thing I kept, I've been keep hearing from God regularly, daily, actually, whenever I'm anxious or tight or trying to control or or just even not sure and lost and i've experienced all that is god says surrender to me that i may care for you i want to care for you that's a powerful thing and that means uh, okay okay what do you want let go he learned a lot about letting go and just welcoming what do you want to bring and 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 it said well every time you keep saying you you know what would fix you or a situation i'm asking you to surrender all that and listen for me to show you um what is and here's the question what in my life may god be wanting to bring forgiveness healing and a new way in me those are the questions i kind of ask myself pretty regularly what is it in my life god wants to bring forgiveness he wants to bring healing and a new way in me, a new way of living, going beyond where I've been and what I'm used to and how I think it should be. God's not finished with us yet. And he, he stepped back in order, but he really wants to step in when we're ready, when we're open and willing. This is the fastest I've ever spoken. <laughs> and maybe the shortest. <laughs> Don't get used to this. <laughs> Don't hold me to this. <laughs> Maybe that was God's plan. Because when Rebecca called, I said, oh, I don't think I can do it. I have a funeral. And she goes, well, what time? And I said, well, it's at 11. Where is it? New Wanu? Oh, I think you could do it. We can make. Oh, my God. All right. 
<laughs> but, but I love, I love uh, Dan and Rebecca so much. I know that there, there's so much going on. And I did say some time ago, which Cheryl brought up to her, is that he did say, even last minute, call him. And so <laughs> I was stepping back in order to step in. <laughs> oh, yeah, but I'm not God, so, you know. So then I love this. The other passage was from Micah 6, 8, and I meant to bring this, this uh, weaved, what do you call that, embroidered um, thing, you know, piece of uh, cloth that's embroidered. That when I started on, we started on Kauai, and well, man, we went over right after Iniki, you know, the hurricane hit, and everything was just a mess, and we felt called to go. We were there four years, and we were out to Waimea uh, Church out there, and, and they hadn't even had FEMA or anybody come out. Yeah, it was just a mess out there. And, and, uh, and, and so they sent this passage. Uh, they gave this to me at the time when I was installed as a pastor out there and, and says, and so what does the Lord ask of you? To act justly and to love tenderly and to walk humbly with your God. That was the translation they used, and I, I thought that's really great. To act justly, to love tenderly, and to walk humbly with your God. I mean, it's all together. This is kind of at the heart of, of really our call in life, to be really alive to God, these things. This is what matters to God. This is what he says. Look, here's what I, I'm asking of you. You kind of live in this, live with this stuff. It kind of kind of bleeds in, or, you know, leads in, not bleeds, but leads into everything else you do. Uh, this, is, this is the main compass, main focus. I love this. So here's just a few things with that. Number three, God empowers me to do what is right and good with others. That's what God will always empower. That's what he's going to step in to encourage and build in us. That's what it means to act justly, to do what is good and right with others. We can't be saying we love people and hate them at the same time. It doesn't make any sense. It's not good or right. We can't be uh, taking sides where devastation is on one side. Like that. Really, this whole thing in the Middle East, I, I don't want to get into anything political, but but, you know, if we start taking sides, we're missing the bigger thing. What's good and right in this thing? And we don't really know. This is a historic history that's been going on forever, and there's lots of information. But what we do know is that somehow peace has to come that's good and right for everyone. We can pray for that. We can work for that. And, when we, and so, anyway, I, I, that's, even with people, you know, somebody might be a gnarly, you know, um, person in our working place, uh, trying to think of decent names for that, you know, just really a, a pain in the, um, in the okole or whatever. And, and you know, they're, they're not nice. They're not, they're mean, they're oppressive. I, I just was talking about somebody who had a boss that didn't, didn't like them and they got fired from their job and, 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 you know, it's painful, but we still, our response is still with truth and kindness, but do what's good and right. You can go out, you know, destroying them behind their backs and with others, or we can rise above. Say, what's true and right in this? What can I learn from this? How can I treat them in a manner like God did with his, with his people who were profane and all that stuff? And he, he, he loved them and he helped them. He was for them. And so that's what being just is. And I, 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 just is raising up the concerns, but also raising them up in a manner that heals people and the situations. It's easy to find what's wrong, but it's really God's call to find out how God's going to bring life out of these things that are wrong and unjust. Okay. Uh, number four, uh, when God steps in, number four, God moves me to treat all others with tender care. All others. There's no exceptions. 
there's exceptions in our capacity and our personal interests. Well, I don't know them, and they look kind of this or that. I don't know why I should treat them any nicely. And God says, everybody, I want you to learn how to be tender and care for everybody. Some it's easier. You know, some people are really easy to be with and like and enjoy. Some are not so easy. And some need different kind of navigating boundaries and distances so as to not to put ourselves in a point of abuse. But still, what they get from us is that we care about you. There's no exceptions for God. And he says, this is what I'm asking of you. Love tenderly with compassion. A lot of times we see somebody we don't like and the way they're living and the choices they make, which might be 100% true. Uh, but, but God says, yeah, so how do you be compassionate with them? How do you treat them tenderly? Because I, yeah, I give you a heart now. Have a heart for them. Help nurture their heart. Help remove the stones from their heart. I recently did a, a funeral um, with a family um, son, a fr part of our extended family. Anyway, their son had been long and hard uh, a drug addict and stole from the family and just burned many bridges. And in the last few months, um, he'd kind of come to himself and found God and got help and was working. And he got work at a really nice restaurant that I happen to know the, the manager of that restaurant too. And uh, didn't know that we knew each other. It was at the funeral that discovered that this, this man, the son of this husband, mom and dad, uh, well, he had died. And he had died. The, the toll of his life choices, best they can figure, took its toll. And he died. But in his last three or four months, he'd come to himself. And he found life. And he'd been able to contribute. And at this restaurant that they hired him on a, okay, we'll give you a try. They became friends. And they were family. And they were, uh, they, and the guy started to really blossom and change. And, and the mom and dad were crying with how, as sad as it was, for years. He was like in his early 40s. They'd just known years and years of pain and dis disappointment and, and hurt. He betrayed them in many different kinds of ways. And yet they could see these last three or four months. And at the funeral, all of the, the managers, the workers, everybody came to the funeral and shared some stories to the mom and dad about the son that they only, they didn't know uh, how he had become a good friend and, and had good friends around him. And as painful as the loss was, there was such goodness and joy to seeing people who had a heart for their son. And that their son, they talked about how their son had a heart for them. It changed. It was a beautiful, painfully beautiful story. And I talked in that funeral about the prodigal son, and the father mentioned that. And I said, oh, and, and it was. The, the son had come back humbly and open and had changed and had been embraced. And this, this restaurant, he's kind of our Hanai son is one of the managers. He was, hey, we put it all together, how different people had been in his life. It was a beautiful, beautiful thing. And, 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 uh, and the restaurant, the people in the restaurant there gave him a chance when nobody would. And they treated him with such tender care, and it, he became somebody contributed to their life. That's the beauty of it, see. When we, when we really help people, they begin to live from their heart. God works in that way. He steps in. And then, okay, number five, um, I love, I, I, thank you. I just love being here with you and sharing. Thank you. Uh, God leads me to listen and walk openly with him. That's what God will always be calling for. Come walk with me. Listen to me. 
Learn and develop a capacity to sit alone and in quiet. Read my word, not to prove anything, but to let me speak into your life. Walk with me, listen to me, learn to listen to me through the day, through what other people say, what you're thinking. You might be driving down the road and uh, I'm doing that. I'm praying a lot of times. I got to start remembering to open my eyes. Oh, that's ending. Okay, no, I, I don't know. <laughs> so if you see me with my eyes closed, either I'm sleeping or I'm praying. Either way, honk, will you tell me, hey, open your eyes, buddy. <laughs> anyway, well, I'm amazed how God listens. I, I'm really amazed. I'm just thinking about something. I'm thinking about somebody. I say, hey, you know, I wonder how they're doing. And then I get a call, or I, I call them. And they say, you know, thank you for calling. This is perfect timing and stuff. And I say, well, and or, you know, whatever the situation might be. And don't discount that. Don't think. Just accept God's really listening. And he's saying, now listen to me, listen to me. When you're upset, when you're bothered, when you want to go off and do something and act, always stop and take a little time to walk. God, what do you think, God? What would be better? I said, well, usually it's a little different than what I initially had planned to do, especially if I'm bothered, angered, or frustrated. Hardly ever is that really God's way of working. Now, God does, though, work with truth and kindness together all the time. You know, one of my favorite passages. But, but it, even deeper than that is that just saying God wants us to walk closely with him. He wants us to listen because he wants to, because he is listening to us. He wants us to learn how to listen, how to understand, how to see, and let God speak into our lives. Don't be afraid to allow him to speak in a dream or a thought that you thought, and then talk with somebody about it. Some of them, if it's really wacky, they'll, they'll let you know. But oftentimes God has spoken so many beautiful pictures that's brought me closer to, to God and to people and situations in amazing, wonderful ways. And I'm learning. I'm still learning. In fact, um, in a couple of weeks, I decided, I just felt, I've, I've known this stirring over the years, and, and when I'm like this, a, a call for solitude. And Bev has always been good about, go take a, take a cruise on your own or go on a trip. Find somewhere where you can really be on your own, Dale. Uh, she, she used to uh, encourage it every other week, so I'm not sure what that was about. <laughs> I'm just joking. We traveled a lot together, but she knew, because I'm so involved in my nature to, with people, I do so well when I step back a little. Then I can step back in better, but also step back in order to be with God, in order to let him step into my life better. And so I'm going in a couple of weeks. I found a cruise that leaves out of Portugal, and it's 12 days. Much of it is over open ocean, and it was really inexpensive. I mean, for 12 days, for I have to pay double because I'm by myself, and it's still $700 for 12 days, and it's time to go, is it? Okay. Well... And one last thing, never forget this. Oh, I got to go, sorry. <laughs> I told her to, yeah, I'll wrap it up here. Sorry, thank you. you. You're so pleasant. You do that so nice. I can see you smiling even under your mask. Um, I'll pretend it's smiling. So here's a couple of things, a couple of questions. They're in your notes, so I, I, I really hope this helps you spend some time to walk and listen. How will I respond fresh to what God asks of me in Micah 6, 8? When, when we read that over... What's, what's a fresh response for you? That's a well-known verse, and a lot of people quote that, but it's been great to take some time to slow and listen to it in a fresh way. So what, 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 how will I respond fresh to what God asks of me in this passage? Give some time to that, some thought to that. And then the second one is, who comes to mind that I could be better with? Who comes to mind? Let's bring it down to where we live. Who's somebody I can be better with? Um, and... Um, 
think about that. And I'm pretty sure if you're like me, there's some people that I could do better with at this time in my life. Yeah. Okay. Can I just say a quick prayer? Do I have time for that? And then I can go. <laughs> Love being with you. Thank you. Let's just pray. And uh, God, we welcome. Help us to see your stepping back as really a gift in order to see and listen and look for you more. Help us to see that, to not be afraid, to, to allow ourselves to struggle with the absence as, a, as an invitation to search and to welcome. Thank you for stepping in in ways that is so full of grace. We think you may want to reject or disregard or you're angry, you're upset, and you want to help us change and become better. You bring your spirit instead of away. You, you fill us with your Holy Spirit and you begin to work wonderful things and change our hearts to be as you guide us to act justly, to, to love tenderly and to walk closer with you. We welcome you right now. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, gracious God. Be in our hearts. Be in our minds. Be in our lives. We welcome you in your precious name. Amen. Amen.